In today's brief, we'll talk about stolen children, empty threats, and Russia getting down to the last few good men. I'm Linnea, and today is Thursday, July 20th, 2023. You're listening to the Ukraine War Brief podcast, where we bring you up to speed on the war in Ukraine in about 20 minutes or less. Let's get started with the news in Ukraine from the front. The United Kingdom Defense Ministry reported on July 17th that Russian ground troops depend on being able to detect Ukrainian artillery and striking against it. British analysis, however, indicates that Russia is dealing with a shortage of counter-battery radars. Former Major General of Russia's 58th Combined Arms Army, Ivan Popov, complained about the lack of counter-battery provisions on the front line in southern Ukraine where his troops were operating. In case you've forgotten, Major General Popov was recently fired for telling command that there weren't enough counter-battery resources, and open troop concentrations were at risk of being targeted. Specifically, the troop concentration and command center that was subsequently targeted and hit with a storm shadow missile at the Hotel Dune in Berdyansk, in Zaporizhia Oblast, on July 12th. One of Russia's few Zupark 1M mobile radar arrays was recorded being destroyed in the area earlier in July. Serhii Cherevati, spokesman for Operational Command East of the Ukrainian Armed Forces, said on national television on the 17th that Russia has deployed over 100,000 troops, 900 tanks, and 370 multiple launch rocket systems, or MLRS, to the Liman-Kupyansk direction of the Eastern Front. He added that Ukrainian forces were holding the line and preventing Russian forces from completely seizing the initiative. Deputy Defense Minister Hanna Malyar wrote on Telegram on July 18th that, quote, the enemy offensive in the Kupyansk direction is currently unsuccessful. The battles continue, but the initiative is already on our side, end quote. The Institute for the Study of War, or ISW, assessed that Russian forces are unlikely to make a, quote, operationally significant breakthrough, end quote, in the Kharkiv Oblast, having failed to achieve major territorial gains between northeastern Kharkiv and Luhansk Oblasts, despite increased offensive operations there. The ISW noted the involvement of the, quote, heavily degraded First Guards Tank Army and so-called Storm Z units, known for their low morale and poor discipline. Remember, the Storm Z units are penal units, so also poorly trained. Ukrainian forces advanced in the Malatokmachka, Novopokrovka, and Velika Novosilka Urozhaine directions on the southern front in Zaporizhia Oblast, according to the General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, or GSAFU, and operations continued on the northern and southern flanks of Bakhmut. Ukrainian Colonel General Oleksandr Sirsky said that, quote, the situation is difficult but under control, noting that Russia is deploying reserves in the Bakhmut direction. The GSAFU reported that Russian forces have been driven out of their positions near Orikhovo-Vasilivka, north of Bakhmut. As of July 18th, Ukrainian forces maintain a small beachhead on the Dnipro River's left bank, that would be the occupied east bank, near the long-destroyed Antonivsky Bridge in Kherson Oblast, according to the UK Defense Ministry, which commented that Russian commanders are likely worried about the vulnerability of their southwestern flank as a result. 
The GSAFU reported in the morning briefing on the 19th that Russian forces trying to regain lost territory near Rivnopil in Donetsk Oblast and Novodarivka in Zaporizhia Oblast, but were unsuccessful. Moving on to the home front, Russian forces shelled Bilopilia in Sumy Oblast, hitting a fire station. Two people were killed and ten were injured, including six firefighters. A Ukrainian helicopter crew told the Sunday Times that women flash them as they fly overhead in an effort to boost their morale. One woman apparently proposed by holding up a sign, according to the pilot, identified in the story only by his first name, Maxim, and rank, Major. He noted that his crew appreciates the lighthearted gestures and saves the GPS locations where it happens. So they can write thank you notes, I'm sure. Pilots have faced significant risk in their missions due to Russia's consistent air superiority. Russian forces targeted Odessa, Donetsk, Kherson, Kharkiv, Sumy, Zaporizhia, Chernihiv, Dnipropetrovsk, Luhansk, and Mykolaiv oblasts on July 18th, killing at least six people and injuring at least 25. Ukrainian Air Force reported that it intercepted all six cruise missiles fired, 31 Shahed Kamikaze drones, and one reconnaissance drone. Overnight between July 18th and 19th, Russian forces attacked port infrastructure in Chornomorsk, in Odessa Oblast, as, quote, retaliation for the Crimean Bridge, end quote, according to Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov, which was threatened by Russian president-slash-dictator Vladimir Putin in a publicly broadcast meeting on July 17th. A grain terminal was hit, as well as nearby storage points with tobacco and fireworks, unsurprisingly causing fires to break out. Hotels and tourist areas were also damaged. Occupational Command South of Ukraine spokesperson Natalia Humenyuk, however, assured that the attack did not critically affect the port's work. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky stated that Russia deliberately targeted the grain infrastructure adding that he has instructed the military to increase protection efforts around port infrastructure. Unfortunately, 60,000 tons of grain were reportedly destroyed in the attack, which, according to the Minister of Agrarian Policy and Food, Mykola Solsky, should have been loaded onto a cargo ship and sent through the grain corridor almost two months ago. In total, overnight between July 18th and 19th, Russia launched 16-caliber cruise missiles eight KH-22 cruise missiles, six Onyx cruise missiles, one guided KH-59 missile, and 32 Iranian-made Shahed Kamikaze drones at Ukraine, and Ukrainian air defense reportedly intercepted 13-caliber cruise missiles, the guided KH-59 missile, and all 32 Shahed drones. In the temporarily occupied territories, Russian forces are reportedly denying access to medicine for residents who refuse Russian passports in occupied Zaporizhia. This includes insulin and thyroid hormone, according to Ukraine's National Resistance Center. Russian occupation authorities have reportedly planned to build 25 new prisons in occupied regions by the end of 2023, per the Luhansk Oblast military administration, most of which are planned for Luhansk Oblast. The Crimean Bridge remains damaged, reduced to a single lane of car traffic in either direction. Prior to the roadway reopening for cars, 
The traffic jam of Russian tourists trying to leave Crimea through the occupied territories in Kherson, Zaporizhia, and Donetsk oblasts was more than 25 kilometers long. According to the ISW, quote, the remaining logistics route is now a single point of failure for the supply of the large numbers of mechanized Russian forces in southern Ukraine needed to resist Ukrainian counteroffensives. The Kyiv Independence War Crimes Unit has assessed that as of the beginning of 2023, the highest number of Ukrainian children deported from occupied territories were kidnapped from the Netsk Oblast, adding that it will be incredibly difficult to find and return them. As of July 2023, 19,592 Ukrainian children have been identified by the Ukrainian government as having been deported or forcibly deplaced, and another 1,006 are considered missing. Only 385 have so far been returned to their families. Sergei Aksyonov, the so-called head of the occupation administration in Crimea, reported repeated explosions over a number of hours at a military training ground in the Kirov district. Apparently, according to Aksyonov, there was a fire at a landfill, and four settlements were to be evacuated. The cause of the fire was not reported, but Aksyonov assured evacuations would last no more than two days. Speaking of hot garbage, let's talk about the Russian Federation. And also Belarus. Russian media reported a fire at a military hospital in Berdyansk that was still under construction. No further details were provided. Another convoy of private military company or PMC Wagner mercenaries were spotted in Belarus on July 17th, reportedly headed to a tent camp in Tsel. The Russian Security Service, or FSB, accused Apple of collaborating with U.S. intelligence, which Apple has denied, resulting in Russian authorities banning thousands of officials and civil servants from using iPhones and other Apple products for government use. Lucky for them, Chinese smartphones are still available, and while they might contain spyware, they're definitely not sharing that data with the U.S. Russian General Sergei Serovikin, who was the top commander in Ukraine until he was replaced by Chief of Staff Valery Garasimov, still hasn't been seen in public since PMC Wagner leader Yevgeny Prigozhin's weekend rebellion in late June. He has reportedly been arrested for siding with Prigozhin and is being interrogated by the FSB. According to the Center for European Policy Analysis, or CEPA, Russia is struggling to maintain a supply of men and weapons for its invasion of Ukraine, despite repeated draft campaigns. There is no clear official data on how many contract soldiers have been recruited into the Russian military, though reports indicate that regional recruitment offices have produced fewer recruits than were promised on paper, in some cases falling short by as much as a third. The primary source for contract soldiers is conscripts, but the majority are, for some reason, refusing to sign contracts and extend their service. In an effort to make contracts more desirable, contract terms have been shortened from two years to one, and the previous service requirement has been eliminated. Since September 2022, however, all contract soldiers have been compelled to sign new contracts when their previous contract expires, so the term limit is completely hypothetical. Ultimately, the exorbitant casualty rate for Russian soldiers in Ukraine 
and the surprising wisdom of draftees refusing to sign on means that the number of trained and veteran contract soldiers is rapidly shrinking. In a recent op-ed, George Monastiriakos, a fellow at the Geneva Center for Security, wrote, quote, To be clear, the Russian Federation is the third iteration of the Russian Empire. Spanning 11 time zones and comprising hundreds of ethnically, linguistically, religiously, and culturally distinct societies ruled by, from, and for the benefit of a small circle of kleptocrats primarily based in St. Petersburg and Moscow, the Russian state has been unviable for centuries. Like empires of old, the only way to save Russia from itself is to dismantle it. End quote. As cluster bombs from the United States arrived in Ukraine, Putin announced that Russia has a, quote, sufficient stockpile and threatened to use them if Ukraine attacks Russian soldiers. Fun fact, the use of cluster bombs by Russian forces in Ukraine has already been widely documented for almost a year and a half. Of course, Putin continues to deny their use. Putin also continues to deny that water is wet and gravity exists probably. In an interview with Belarusian State TV, the head of the Belarusian Red Cross, Dmitry Shevstov, confirmed his organization is unlawfully deporting and transferring Ukrainian children from the occupied territories. Putin and laughably titled Commissioner for Children's Rights Maria Lvova-Bielova were indicted by the International Criminal Court, or ICC, in March 2023 for the very same war crime. The International Committee of the Red Cross, or ICRC, has stated that it is, quote, investigating. I'm not entirely sure what there is to investigate since he admitted it on TV, but you do you, ICRC. If you're enjoying the episode, please rate us and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to reach out to us via email at social at borlingen.media. That's B-O-R-L-I-N-G-O-N dot media. In European news, the UK has sanctioned 14 Russian officials, including two government ministers, for their alleged roles in the forced relocation of tens of thousands of Ukrainian children since the start of the full-scale invasion in February 2022. British Foreign Secretary James Cleverly said, quote, In his chilling program of forced child deportation and the hate-filled propaganda spewed by his lackeys, we see Putin's true intention, to wipe Ukraine from the map. Today's sanctions hold those who prop up Putin's regime to account including those who would see Ukraine destroyed, its national identity dissolved, and its future erased. End quote. The Foreign Affairs Committee of the European Parliament adopted a resolution condemning the repression and human rights violations committed by the regime of self-declared President of Belarus and Potato Moose Alexander Lukashenko and asked the ICC to issue an arrest warrant. Oh, then he and his bestie Putin could match. Maybe they could bunk together at The Hague? Annalena Baerbock, the German foreign minister, urged UN countries to work together to return children kidnapped by Russia to their families, saying, quote, I want to call on all of you to join forces with international organizations, Ukrainian authorities, and non-governmental organizations 
to investigate the deportations from Russia and together find ways to return these children home. End quote. Turkey and Saudi Arabia are negotiating an agreement in collaboration with Russian oligarch Roman Abramovich on returning children forcibly taken by Russia. The Financial Times reported that Ukrainian and Russian officials are compiling lists of thousands of children as part of a previously unannounced mediation process. On July 18th, the European Court of Human Rights, or ECHR, rejected all of Russia's claims against Ukraine in their entirety, announcing, quote, In its decision today, the European Court of Human Rights has decided unanimously to strike the application out of its list of cases, end quote, finding no grounds related to the observance of human rights which would require the case to continue. The court noted that Russia has not participated in the process since it ceased to be a member of the Council of Europe, ignoring the requests sent by the court. According to Gazeta Polska, Russian agents who were planning to sabotage trains with weapons and humanitarian aid for Ukraine were exposed in Poland. An anonymous source told the Polish media outlet that the risk of direct attacks prompted Polish special services to make arrests, saying, quote, the risk of attacks was too significant to continue monitoring the group's actions, end quote. Polish Defense Minister Mariusz Blaszczyk announced on July 18th that two Polish brigades have been transferred to locations near the border with Belarus in response to the growing presence of PMC Wagner Group in the country. One brigade will reportedly be located at a new base in Kolno and another in Bielopodlaska, about 32 kilometers from the Belarusian border. Croatia has offered its railroad network and ports in the Adriatic Sea for transportation of Ukrainian food, according to Croatian Foreign Minister Frano Matusic, as an alternative route to skirt Russia's blocking of the grain initiative. The last ship to travel under the UN-brokered grain deal left the port of Odessa early on July 16th, and Russia allowed the initiative to expire on the 17th, announcing the withdrawal of shipping safety guarantees. Lithuanian Defense Minister Arivdis Anasauskas announced July 18th that the country is putting together a coalition for the demining of Ukraine. Anasauskas stressed the urgency of Western assistance to Ukraine during its counteroffensive. Let's talk about the news worldwide. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken remarked that Russia is using food, quote, as a weapon in its war against Ukraine, end quote, announcing that the U.S. is looking for ways to help Ukraine export grain and other food products following the end of Russia's involvement in the Black Sea Grain Initiative. Twice impeached, twice indicted defamer and alleged sex pest former U.S. President Donald Trump said on July 18th he would make Europe pay for U.S. aid to Ukraine if re-elected. Trump is currently the front-runner for the Republican nomination for president and is facing another federal indictment in Washington, D.C. for Insurrection Act violations, a Georgia state racketeering-influenced corrupt organizations, or RICO, a law targeting criminal enterprises, act indictment, as well as state criminal investigations in both Michigan and Arizona. After a back-and-forth between Russia and South Africa, Vladimir Putin will not attend the upcoming BRIC summit in South Africa. According to the office of South African President Cyril Ramaphosa, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov will attend instead. Russian state media RIA Novosti said Putin will have, quote, full participation by video link. 
South Africa is party to the Rome Statute, which requires them to execute an arrest warrant issued by the ICC. Ramaphosa claimed Russia threatened war with South Africa if his government arrested Putin. Kremlin spokesperson Peskov denied the allegation, which historically indicates that the allegations are in fact true. Ukraine's Minister of Foreign Affairs and Yulia's third favorite person, Dmitry Kuleba, was in New York this week to participate in the ministerial meeting of the United Nations Security Council regarding Russia's aggression against Ukraine, and a high-level event for the 25th anniversary of the Rome Statute of the ICC. Did you know that the Minister of Foreign Affairs for Nazi Germany, Ulrich Friedrich Wilhelm Joachim von Ribbentrop, was himself convicted of war crimes and crimes against humanity, and was sentenced to death at Nuremberg? It would be very interesting, for a multitude of reasons, to see Lavrov indicted by the ICC while in Johannesburg. It would be really interesting to see Lavrov indicted by the ICC while in Johannesburg. Let's talk military tech. Draken International, a U.S. defense contractor owned by private equity firm Blackstone, will train Ukrainian pilots to fly F-16 fighter jets at Borg Fetesti Air Base in Romania. Ads published by the company July 19th seek military instructors, technicians, electricians, and avionics specialists who have experience with the F-16s. Draken aims for Ukrainian pilots to acquire basic skills in operating and maintaining the aircraft. Spain's last four Leopard 2 tanks will arrive in Ukraine by sea next week, Spain will also deliver 10 Armored Personnel Carriers, or APCs, armored SUVs, light trucks, and sanitary vehicles. The Ukrainian Navy and the National Security Service, or SBU, admitted their involvement in attacking the Kerch Bridge on July 17th. An SBU spokesperson said the SBU, quote, will definitely reveal all the details about the event orchestration after our victory. Meanwhile, we're watching with interest as one of the symbols of Putin's regime once again failed to withstand a military attack. End quote. Naval analyst H.I. Sutton, known as Covert Shores on Twitter, who published a detailed article in June 2023 about the evolution of Ukrainian maritime drones, speculated that Ukraine may have used a new type of modified jet ski as an unmanned service vessel, or USV, to attack the Kerch Bridge on July 16th. A consumer jet ski retails for about 20,000 US dollars. The Kerch Bridge cost about 3 billion US dollars. That's a return on investment of 75,000 to 1 if two USVs were used. That's not too bad. You know what? No, actually, that's pretty good. Russian propagandists claim the same type of drones attacked Sevastopol on July 16th and attacked the Ivan Khurs signal intelligence vessel in May 2023. Ukrainian news outlet Defense Express believes the bridge attack was successful because Russian sea defense can't detect the slow-moving, small, and quiet USVs along the length of the bridge. Ukrainian Lieutenant General Oleksandr Pavluk reported that the AFU had received six mine-detection unmanned aerial vehicles, or UAVs, that's another type of drone, that can detect magnetic anomalies both on the surface and up to three meters, that's about nine feet, underground or underwater. The six-legged UAVs are part of a three-step system called the Mine Kafka Drone System. 
The technology allows Ukraine to detect and clear mines at a fraction of the cost and time, while saving both soldiers' and sappers' lives. After teasing an announcement in the press on July 18th, the U.S. Department of Defense, or DOD, announced another $1.3 billion military aid package to Ukraine. Congress appropriated the funds for the fiscal year, and the DOD used its presidential drawdown authority to send some seriously cool tech to Ukraine. There's quite a list, but bear with me here. The aid package included four more National Advanced Surface-to-Air Missile Systems, those are NASMs, and munitions, bringing the total up to 12. A whopping 150,000 more 152mm artillery rounds, which Ukraine desperately needs, up from only 50,000 in total since the full-scale invasion, 2,000 more tube-launched optically-tracked wire-guided, or TOW, missiles, bringing the total up to 6,000, 150 more fuel tankers, up from only 89, 115 tactical vehicles to tow and haul equipment, which doubled the number of recovery vehicles, more Phoenix Ghost and Switchblade Unmanned Aerial Systems, or UAS, more precision aerial munitions, counter-UAS and electronic warfare detection equipment, port and security equipment, tactical secure communication systems, and support for training, maintenance, and sustainment activities. So, switchblades are launched out of a tube, spread their wings and propellers, and fly up to 40 kilometers for 20 minutes to hit their precise target. They're similar to javelins in that they have two explosives, one to pierce the armor and the other to explode behind the armor. Phoenix drones are similar to switchblades except that they can loiter for up to six hours, and its fragmentation charges are excellent against groups of troops and medium armor. They were actually specifically commissioned by the U.S. Air Force for Ukraine just prior to the full-scale invasion. Included in the package is the Vehicle Agnostic Modular Palletized ISR Rocket Equipment, or Vampire. Seriously, they just backed into the name for the acronym. Which can be attached to any vehicle with a flat surface, like a pickup truck, and is an anti-drone, air, and ground laser-guided weapon. At $27,000 a piece, it's relatively cheap to manufacture. The low cost of the vampire, along with its ability to destroy enemy targets outside visible range, is absolutely critical, considering the extensive damage caused by cheap drones like Iranian Shahed's. Finally, the U.S. package pays Australian manufacturer Drone Shield to supply its anti-drone technology to Ukraine. Drone Shield is relatively inexpensive and uses sensors and arrays to detect drones. Much of the military technology is classified, but basically, once a drone is detected, a rifle-like weapon disrupts the drone's guidance systems and removes it from the sky. The U.S. states of Massachusetts and Texas already use a version of the technology for security during large events. That's the brief for today. Remember to check your sources and don't fall for propaganda. Join us on YouTube and TikTok for more Ukraine content and live news reports. And please consider supporting our work on Patreon. You'll find the links in the description. We'll be back tomorrow with more updates. Until then, stay safe, everyone.